Vasily Lomachenko, it appears, will be making his return. The media headlines that we have seen from ESPN, Yahoo Sports, has said October. October of 2022. As we know, there was an illegal invasion by a European dictator who runs Russia, invades neighboring Ukraine, second largest country in Europe. It's still going on to this day. Vasily Lomachenko decided to stay in Ukraine, join the uh, defense for the country, take up arms, what have you. Uh, Alexander Usyk did that for some time as well, and then he traveled, I believe, uh, to a neighboring country to start training for his fight rematch against Anthony Joshua. Lomachenko stayed in the country, but now Kevin Ioli even tweeted that uh, Loma has contacted top rank and wants to fight as soon as October. So let me be clear about this. Just because he says as soon as October doesn't mean it's happening in October. They are eyeing October. So here's what I did. I looked through some of the guys he could potentially fight. All right. Let me know what you think about these. Isak Cruz is off because he's fighting in September. Ryan just fought. Um, the Tio rematch can't happen because Tio's fighting August 13th. We'll get to that momentarily. Tank, there's no way. Not only because of the promotions, but he fought in May. But then there's two names. There's one name I thought of and then a few other guys. The first is Jojo Diaz, who has been idle since his Devin loss. And then there is... I don't love it, but the potential of going up to 140 to prepare for Orion or anyone who is top four material. So that would be... Guys who don't have fights, no fights booked, Zapata, Barboza Jr., and Jose Ramirez. Any any of those guys? What do you think? I, I, um, Barboza Jr. is dangerous, um, and I don't know if you got a chance to see his fight this past weekend. Oh, well, he actually fought last Friday. That boy, that boy can fight, and he mm-hmm. can punch, and he's big for the weight class. So I think that. Um, I think top rank is going to keep him very far away from anybody who's fighting at 140 pounds. I'm, I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. I think he, I think he maxes out at 135. If you're, if we're honest, he's, he's small for 135 pounds. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think the top rank and they know that I think what they'll probably end up doing is bringing someone up from 130 pounds to uh, mm. step up and fight him at 135 pounds. Now, um, I definitely don't see him fighting JoJo because he's with Top Rank and Top Rank and, and, and Golden Boy. It's just not a big enough fight, you know, again, right? Like, I, I just don't think there's enough money for them. And JoJo's still a quality name over at Golden Boy. They can still throw some guys to the wolves against JoJo and build a name off of him, especially in Southern definitely. California and Vegas. So they're not going to be looking to, you know, necessarily put him in there in another tough fight against a Lomachenko. Um, but I definitely think that what Top Rank will do, because they're really smart march- matchmakers, and the art of matchmaking is really storytelling. It's it's a real science to it. It's a real art to it. I, I, have, I have a huge respect for the matchmakers because when you make these fights that are seemingly tough, 
but on on paper. But you know, when you get these guys in the ring and you see like the Javier Fortuna, Ryan Garcia, it's like, oh yeah, he gave Jojo a tough fight. They're at the same weight class, crafty better, and he's gonna rough Ryan up. Then you see what Ryan does to him. Great matchmaking. Um it's the storytelling up until the fight that, that matters. And so what I think the top rank will end up doing, like I said, is they'll find somebody who, you know, just fought at 130, um, you know, and, and, and say, listen, you got an opportunity. Uh, Loma's, he's older and he's, he's coming off this several month layoff and you don't know where his head is with the coming out of the war. This is your, your chance to beat him knowing damn well. The Loma's coming for revenge. Yes, and he's looking. He's gonna look to make somebody look real stupid. You look at what he did to Nakatani. You go back and you look at what he did to uh, Richard Comey. That Comey when, fight was brutal to watch, man. Both of them were brutal to watch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like both were brutal to watch. And and listen, like we're talking about Shakur Stevenson and Devin beating, you know, beating Loma. Understand, we have a huge amount of respect for Loma and what he does. Um, he's going to be a monster when he comes back. And so I, I think that in order to, to tell the best story, they're going to give him someone that he can, he can beat up handily. Do you have a name? Uh, nothing, nothing is, is jumping at me at the top of my head, but probably someone that um, probably someone that Shakur just beat, you know, if I'm, if I'm being honest, right? Like uh, you're going to look at, you know, any of uh, Shakur's last three to four fights are probably digging that bag and, and bring somebody up for him to beat up on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really have a name either. I mean, I'm looking through the 130-pound division. Shakur's fighting can say so, so that's out. Maybe maybe a Nakatila, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, your Your idea of bringing up a guy from... 130 to go 135 and just be a punching back for Loma uh, is an interesting play as well. I don't necessarily disagree with it. Obviously, we just need to see Loma in there. But also, if we're being honest, time isn't on his side. Even if he's taking some time off to fight in the war, which, of course, he was supposed to fight George Cambosis. Cambosis then fights Devin Haney. Cambosis loses in his backyard of Australia. And now, because of the rematch clause, you can count those two out. So, with that being said, there is no right answer on who will be the next guy. All we know is Loma is going to come back with a vengeance, and he's going to be pissed off. Now, the one thing that I also point to with Loma, and this is just something that I feel like in boxing, I remember hearing in the past when two undefeated fighters would go up against another, someone's always got to go. You always hear it, right? Yeah. In that T.O. fight, Loma was not 100%. He like many fighters, will um, not play it up too much, um, depending on who you are and depending on your style and your approach afterwards. But he did have torn ro rotator cuff surgery. Now, I know this from covering baseball. Torn rotator cuffs are brutal. Brutal on the body, especially for pitchers. Like Johan Santana, one of the best ever, didn't have a torn rotator cuff, would have been a Hall of Famer. 
Um, it's brutal on the body. So even with him losing to Tio, um, I think if he didn't have a torn rotator cuff, he would have won, even though he didn't look awesome. But then you could also potentially say the same for Tio against Cambosis, where his loss was, as some doctors put it, he could have died because he had what the doctors believe was a tear in his esophagus. He thought it was asthma. So it's just funny. The funny is the wrong word, but it's just interesting. It's just interesting how these things come into play, and yet it yeah. still results in a loss. Even though when yeah. we dig deeper, it seems like I, I don't like ifs, ands, or buts. But if they both didn't have these things going against them, their career trajectories would be so vastly different. Yeah, it would be so different. I think the word you're looking for or the phrase is poetic justice. Mm. There's no other way to explain Loma having an injury, not being able to perform to the best of his powers and, you know, rallying late to make it a close fight against Tiafimo Lopez. Mm -hmm. And then for Tiafimo Lopez, love Tio, to parade that victory as he should the way that he did carry himself the way that he did and then you know fight as a, a subpar version of himself against george cambosa someone who bob arum and 90 percent of the boxing world pegged him to knock this guy out yeah you know in less than four rounds for him to put on that type kind of performance that is just poetic justice uh and and you know in my world so yeah, man, some of these things just can't be explained. But excited that both of these guys are making returns to the sport. Excited that they're both health, health, both healthy. And I think that between 30, 35, and 40, these weight classes are much more healthy with them uh, a part of it. Hey, it's Rick. We just want to give a special thank you for supporting our show and our vision on the world of boxing. Now don't be like Curtis Harper and show up without contributing, y'all. Drop us a follow. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. Tell us how awesome and handsome we are if you want to. And let's build this great community from the ground up. We love you and appreciate you. See you next time.